Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for nerds all across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. ComicBento.com. They are our newest sponsors for Flame On, and they want you to know about their original graphic novel subscription service. If you go to ComicBento.com, you can save $5 off any subscription. You can get new and original graphic novels from big-name creators to indie unsung heroes. Try it out. Let them know what you think. Cancel it if you don't like. But put in code name Nerdy, and not only will you save 5 bucks, you will help us continue to bring original content to Flame On, comicbento.com, code nerdy. Welcome to Flame On. I'm Brian. I'm here with everyone. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hi. So we got Oral to my left. That's me. Jared. Hello. BJ. Hey. And producing the show from behind his not glass walled booth, Pat. I could only hope for a glass wall someday. 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 Uh, so yeah, we are here. This is a full cast recording. We are here to talk about all the gayest and geekiest things that we have experienced in the last. Gosh, it's been over a month ish, two, two. I mean, we've done our little, you know, deep dives on Star Wars, uh, which you heard in the feed previously, uh, Force Awakens, and of course, coming up, which you have not yet heard, is our uh, our thoughts on Jessica Jones, recently announced, renewed for season two. Yep, I just heard that today. Shock. I know. We're no, none of us shocked. Yeah, this is uh, you know our full cast. We're missing my brother. He's off doing Mister Dad things, and Eric is off selling houses and being fabulous. One day, one day, he's gonna make enough money to take me away from all of this. <laughs> nice, uh, but yeah. So everything gay and geeky. That's what we do. If you've never heard us before, I'm glad you're here, and we're gonna jump right down in on a really sad and somber note. This past week that we're recording and. The sec uh, two weeks from when you're hearing this was a week of death 
Thousands of people have died. Oh, so man. many deaths. And I don't mean like, you know, millions in Rwanda or anything. That would be bad. This is like people you may have heard of on the internets. So like uh, David Bowie. Let's start with him. This is the one I care the most about as a musician and as someone who just loves what? David Bowie. Did you just cheapen the passing of... You never... You never <laughs> that was, that was called too, a joke? It was a bad one. <laughs> oh. Too soon. Sorry. Too, too soon. soon. Too no, soon. it's right. not too soon. Like, jokes can be said. You just have to make them good ones, Brian. Uh, I need to consult with you, honey. I know you do write some humor. How's not, that stand-up career going? <laughs> so we're just... We're just going for the digs today? <laughs> Fire. Fire Listen, everywhere. <laughs> they love it when we do this. I'm anyway, just playing dead over here. No, I want, I want to give David Bowie his, his few moments on our show because it's something that's very important to me. He's someone that's very important to the Nerdy Show Network. Cap uh, wrote a fantastic kind of exploratory piece on Consequence of Sound about is he dead? And it's not meant in a... Um, it's not as simple as is he actually physically alive. It's, it's more than that. But it's, it's a fascinating account, fascinating analysis of David Bowie's life and death in art and his death i think like his life was a piece of art in a certain way uh the album black star if you've not heard it yet is it's quite a good bowie album no matter what happened i mean i i started listening to it the day before he died and just fell in love with it uh the videos for black star and lazarus if you've not seen them are really poignant and kind of they're cast in a new new light now that he is dead but, uh, I mean, the guy had a huge career, influenced countless other artists, both music, visual, whatever else. I mean, people just love David Bowie, and I am really happy that his death has sort of transformed him into something more than he was already. Uh, so, I don't know. What do you guys think? Are you uh, Bowie fans? I just know that now that uh, he has passed, he's turned into a uh, barn owl and flew away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My sexual awakening was Jared. Get out. Really? No, it's true. Like, uh, so Labyrinth for me has always been one of my favorite movies, especially because everybody knows that the Dark Crystal really fucking creeps me out. It's creepy. <laughs> but I remember the first time I watched it, it was one of those things that I got a sense that I don't know if I should be watching this because I'm getting more out of it than I think I should be. But it was from the Henson Company, so I could sneak it on by. Just sneak it on by. But there was something about the way he carried himself um, that I always dreamed that my prince would be able to make crystal orbs appear out of nowhere. <laughs> Serenade me in a... MC Escher and dress type castle dress you up in a b ballerina ball and give you the world if you just give up your baby brother still a baby is that how that worked in a heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> well so it's funny you said that about his your sexual awakening because I watched it I think I was older even when I saw it but maybe not my mom didn't like me watching it and I didn't know why it never occurred to me that it was because of his pants until years later and he, he, she was like, oh, my God, well, that that never, was, that's indecent. That was intentional. He was supposed to be this sexualized rock star uh, character in that film. And, and I didn't I didn't get that at all. To me, he was <laughs> did. a traditional <laughs> villain. Like, I honestly well, didn't have a thing for him. That was around his, like, height, too. Like, when people were... That was that was when he was really big, wasn't it? Or was that I, after? A little after. A little I mean, after? I, I think he's had a good run, and a lot of it was in the 70s and early 80s. And so the movie came yeah. out, what, 85? Ish, somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, somewhere in there. Um, but no, definitely people knew David Bowie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a great movie, and uh, I finally made Pat watch it after he uh, 
mistakenly thought that David Bowie looked like Finola Jones. <laughs> Finola Hughes? What's her name? I'm getting a nod. Finola from from uh, Generation X, the movie. The White Queen. Okay. Oh, wow. Oh, snap. Oh. Finola Hughes. Okay, there we go. Also known as Anna Devane from General Hospital. Oh, and then. Yeah. And then she played Emma Frost in the Generation X movie on Fox. Yes. The television movie. I remember seeing Oh, that. my God. I watched it the other day, actually. But having gone back and seen a picture, I'm like, okay, yeah, I get that. Especially with the hair. The hair is that makes all the difference. But no, so Bowie's career, like, he was a sax player in a, uh, like a rock band when he started out as Dave Jones. He was, his name's David Jones. Had to change it, of course. Why? Because of the monkeys, yep. right? And he didn't have to change it. He did so that way nobody would confuse him with Davy Jones from the monkeys. That's what I meant. Yeah, but no, but he didn't have to do like it. No one was he holding just, a gun to his head. He, yeah, he just didn't want to do it because he didn't want his career to be confused when he was just getting started out. Yeah, so I mean, and, and rightfully so, because I mean, Davy Jones is Davy Jones, right? Yeah. And why did he take the name Bowie? I don't know. After the, the guy that created the Bowie knife. Okay. He just liked the knife. Apparently. He married Iman, a fabulous, fabulous model, uh, and, and was with her for, what, over 20 years. Mm-hmm. They had a really long uh, uh, marriage and uh, children and lived, lived fabulous lives. Uh, and now he's left this huge legacy, including uh, his son, uh, was it Duncan Jones, I believe? I never kept up with his children. Who made uh, the movie Moon. Fabulous, great sci-fi movie. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole Black Star uh, it, album itself uh, is, I guess, the first of many. That he left many recordings. This is a lot of musicians do, mm. and just kind of said, you know what? Here, if you guys want to put these out over the next however many years, go for it. But I read an article that uh, Dave Visconti, who's the producer of Black Star, is going to be working for years to come on new albums for him, but from material they've already recorded. Lending credence to the fact that David Bowie may actually be alive somewhere, just off living his life. I feel like everybody says that about dead musicians in general. It's a cool, like, it's like the Elvis effect, right? You know? Well, like, David Bowie's the only one I'd really hope that was true for. Like, everybody else, I'm like, "Mm." I want him to go off and be, uh, like, the head of a secret spy organization, like, from Venture Brothers. Did you guys ever watch Venture Brothers? Yeah, Yeah, we have the Sovereign. sovereign. The Sovereign, yeah. yeah. Like, that would be a fantastic uh, sort of uh, second life for him. Now, other people did die. I want to give them their due. Alan Rickman, who, uh, if you're a Potter fan, if you're a Slytherin especially... Uh, this is an important person. I think uh, probably that the most. I never watched Die Hard, which is shocking, I know. But I know him, of course, from that as well. But, I mean, what else do you guys love Alan Rickman in? Oh, God. He was the voice of the robot in um, Hitchers, Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide. Thank you. <gasps> yep. How could I forget that? Oh, he my God. Was, he, Marvin. He was, he was Metatron in uh, Dogma. In Dogma. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He, he was... Um, he was oh my gosh! I just Colonel Brandon in Sense and Sensibility. Yep. Okay. He was um, Judge Turpin in Sweeney Todd. Oh. Along oh. along with the, and the guy that played his henchman was uh, the the actor that played Wormtail in uh, Harry like, Potter. How did I forget that? I don't know. I haven't watched that in a while. The the movie adaptation. So I mean, Rickman had a, a huge career, and it's kind of it was kind of creepy when he died because. Bo was 69, Rickman was 69. Both cancer. Both cancer. Uh, both sort of out of nowhere. A lot of people didn't know about either's medical conditions. Uh, from there, of course, we had other people like Dan Haggerty. Yep. From uh, The Bear. What is it? What was um, the Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams. 
I think he was older than that. Uh, Celine Dion. Okay, of course, gay icon, right? Celine Dion did not die. No. Please don't get upset. <laughs> I was there was a, there was an ellipses there. I just hadn't finished. You uh, can't ellipses when you say when you're talking about death, and then you're like Celine Dion. Not that I'm a huge Celine Dion fan, but it's like oh, it's like Taraji P Henson won an award. Like <laughs> we're talking about that Taraji P Henson. His uncle's brother's sister exactly. died. Um, so Renee, yes, Renee, yep. Renee, Renee and, and her brother. That's kind of messed up. That is messed up. Um, Natalie Cole died. That's true. Since we recorded two weeks, uh, uh, a week prior, she had passed away, which is also tragic because she was fairly young. She was sixty-five, if yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Um, so that's. I mean, so it's just been people just dropping like crazy. If you are. If you have a loved one out there and they are at all famous, you should hug them and and, and keep them close. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ, what the fuck is wrong with you? If you, if you have a loved one and they are not and famous, kick fuck them. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You have my permission to do that, it, too. It was also the, the guy um, the guy that did the voice in uh, the Robin Hood movie, uh, the Disney animated yeah, Robin Hood uh, Broadway. He, he passed away, too. Uh, yeah, that's right. I can't um, so it's, At some point, I think we're just scraping the bottom of the barrel. Oh, yeah, no. No, no, no. He had a famous Broadway career, and I cannot think of his name. And I saw his picture, and I was like, I don't know who that is. But the voice <laughs> of Robin Hood, I do get it. Um, the day Whitney died is, was the biggest shock for me. So everything else has just been uh, noticeably sad. Like, I won't say it's not sad. <laughs> I remember when Bobby Christina passed. I talk. think that was the saddest one for me. Bobby Christina? Uh-huh. I'm like... That's true. It's like, like Bobby Brown chilling out all by himself now, his entire family. And I'm like, I figured Bobby Christina was fine. You would take up Bobby Brown's side. I didn't, <laughs> Honestly, she was in a coma for so long. That I don't even know when she died. Oh, that's true. She died the day she she overdosed in the tub, mm. and they just kept that poor girl alive for much longer than they needed to, <clears throat> unfortunately. Which is sad. It is. Let us move on. Uh, there was a Golden Globes ceremony. Uh, what is it? Movie, TV, little, music. It's like the whole smorgasbord of awards. It's the award ceremony where you drink a lot. Yep. Uh, yes. Uh, and uh, we isn't know. This, isn't this the foreign? Press awards. These are the, the foreign press are the ones that decide these awards. It is completely yes. bunch of bullshit. So I that's mean, why everybody drinks so much. I love it. It is a. It is almost a farce as far as an award show. Not in the production. The production's fine. Uh, but yeah, the, this foreign press thing is so opaque. No one knows who they are. Um, or everybody. So there was a few big moments in this that I know of, and I didn't watch it. I know the meme is going around of uh, Lady Gaga is walking by. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yep. Thank you. And Leonardo, of course, I guess, supposedly was sort of oblivious to what was going on and had been drinking and made a face when Lady Gaga passed by and, you know, was like, ooh, what's that? And so that was a big to-do. Uh, Ricky Gervais, I think, uh, called out a few people. I mean, as he does. Oh, yeah. brutal. But, like, I guess he, like, uh, whispered something to Mel Gibson that they re- later released was, what exactly does sugar tits mean? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty funny. Um, I don't know what else. Did you guys? Did anybody watch it? I don't watch the Golden Globes. Yeah, I, I, I just I do it like I do with all award shows. Is I go on YouTube after and look at all the yeah exactly the award show reel of mistakes and people tripping and stuff like that. I will watch like the Grammys DVR and I will watch the Academy Awards sometimes live because I 
do care about those. Those are a little more reputable. But like just yeah, Golden Globes is like. But Golden Globes sometimes is a barometer for what's going to happen at the Oscars. So I mean, I guess the, the Golden re- Globes are like the daytime Emmys. Nobody cares. Susan Lucci cares. Okay, <laughs> that's about it. Um, so yeah, Lady Gaga uh, did win for American Horror Story as Best Actress. What? Yeah, I need to finish that season. <laughs> Which is why Leonardo DiCaprio made a face when she was announced as is the that winner. The real reason? And then that was what was that's what preceded Lady Gaga like shoulder checking him as she walked by his table. Gotcha. And you know, I uh, I'm a casual Leo fan. Um he was amazing in Growing Pains. That's when he was the cutest. You think he was really good in that? I mean, he was cute as a little kid, but was he good? Did I not totally give you a qualifier with what I said? <laughs> okay, you're right. You did. Um, but he's made some terrible movies. Remember, any, anybody remember The Beach? Oh, like God. The Aviator, which is supposed to be this like mm-hmm. great portrayal, didn't really do much for most people. Like it got some acclaim, but you know, for someone who hasn't won the awards that he wants. For him to look down on somebody who did win an award, whether you think they deserved it or not, you know, is is kind of shitty. But then yeah. again, I haven't watched American Horror Story this season, so I can't judge. We're going to get to that because we do want to talk about that. I totally agree with Leonardo's face, though. <laughs> I mean, I should say I totally agree with Leonardo DiCaprio's judgment of <laughs> Can you, win. can you describe the the way you're portraying this I character? Can. It's like you're holding a ping pong ball in your vagina, and I don't have a vagina, but I figure that's what it feels like. That's how she's talking. I thought it was more like when Kanye West recorded through the wire, and his jaw was wired shut, and he still rapped through it, and that's exactly how Lady Gaga decided to do all of her lines this season. <laughs> See, I think that you are Hayden Panettiere <laughs> portraying yourself in the Lady Gaga biopic. <laughs> And she we're was in Lady the... Gaga. In the I didn't know that Hayden Payne really. Yeah. Oh wow, I missed that completely. I want to see it now. I miss the fact that there was a Lady Gaga <laughs> biopic. Wait, out I there. know. I want to see it. Stop ruining my jokes. <laughs> Stop ruining my jokes. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to cast this movie now. Somebody get Hayden Panettiere on the phone. <laughs> She's not doing much. Uh, I mean Nashville, Nashville, but Nashville's that's it. doing. Good. Did they ever save her? I don't know. No, she died. No. Oh. Um. Tarasha P. Henson won an award finally. Yes, and that was that was what? probably one of the best uh, for a cookie on Empire. Oh, oh, awesome! Yep, you uh, know the show that has a lot of diversity that you're not watching. <laughs> Listen, I just heard it's kind of uh, Here we go. actually I heard good things about it, but I heard it's good things for a ridiculous show that's just all over the place in tone, not in subject. So I, don't, I, don't I heard season it. two wasn't isn't as good as season one. Or I don't know if it's the season's ended yet, but I heard that season two doesn't live up to season one's excellence. I mean, well, some shows have a sophomore slump. Like it happens. Mm-hmm. That's the natural. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a natural progression. Sometimes when you create something, it's just like your first thing really great. The second thing people kind of don't like so much. Or your sixth season of a horror genre anthology <laughs> ending with everybody. Sprinkling sunshine everywhere and dancing on rainbows and unicorns. We'll get to that. No, we're gonna get to that. Yeah. um, Taraji's win is one of those things that, you know, 
black Hollywood has been waiting for because she's been in so many things. She's been in a lot of stuff. Um, the same with Regina King. Like, Regina King has worked for decades, and you don't get a lot of respect. And yes, you have your breakout stars, um, your Denzels, your Will Smiths, your, you know, Octavia, um, your Violas, but, I mean, for every you know, three people that make it, there's 70 that have given us so many amazing roles and, and touching moments um, in television and movies and music, and they, they don't get their due diligence. They don't get their, their credit where credit is due. I, what I, do you think about the Oscars? Mm, not surprised. Which, who's surprised? I'm not surprised. And and I was talking with someone, and I was drinking, so I kind of let something slide. <laughs> oh boy! Because I didn't want to seem so angry, but you know, when people say we have other things to worry about, I I agree with that. Um, but in theory, you can worry about a lot of different things, like when you know parents become parents, when people become parents for the first time, they're worried about their kids' education. They're worried about, you know, am I providing enough for them? They're worried about, you know, are they safe and secure in our home when I'm not there? So, you know, people who want representation in in the media and also don't want to get shot in the streets can worry about the same thing because you're like, a high tide raises all boats. Mm -hmm. I agree. I, I was I when I read that I was really bummed because I'm like why why is this the case it doesn't need to be this day and age uh, why is Oscar Isaac up here what is his deal with the miniseries I have no idea I know I have actually um, he won I think he won an award for he was in a miniseries okay. he won an award for okay. it. I can't remember what what miniseries and it was what but. is he playing is he is he Apocalypse. Is that who's playing Apocalypse? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Poe Dameron is Apocalypse. Yes. yes. Okay. I didn't make that connection. I really never did. <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> I just, I missed that. I really. We've been, everyone's super excited. This man, even if his career tanks. Yep. Which it won't. He will ride that con circuit to the day he dies. <laughs> and everyone really thinks he's pretty. I don't quite see it, but all right. I think he's pretty. I don't, I just don't get it. But I, if he is the gay Star Wars hero, then I'm great with that. You don't think he's attractive? He's okay. I just don't. I think he's attractive. I don't think Adam Driver is. I don't think Adam I don't, Driver is either. You can have his, you can have his oral. hair oral. We, we, oral we had this him. discussion already. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to hear more, editor's note, we didn't go really back have to our that. Star Wars episode last We didn't time. have the discussion. Oral just gushed about how much he loved he Oscar Isaac. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Did anyone watch I, SNL I, last night? No. Why? We are recording on a Sunday. I know. I don't blame you either. But I guess Adam Driver had a bunch of different things, including a gay porn shoot that he was like the doctor, air quotes. And he also was Kylo Ren as a hidden... Undercover boss. Undercover boss. boss. Skit. That was, I watched that today. That was actually really funny. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I didn't was, find it that funny. I didn't either, honestly. But, <laughs> but it, I, the idea of it is funny, but the execution, like much of SNL these days, is lacking. So, yeah. Everybody else in that that skit was funny. Yeah, Adam Driver didn't really bring home funny no. with it. And I don't even think he channeled his character very well. I mean, but not that there was a whole lot to channel. Before we finish up with the Golden Globe stuff, Oscar Isaac won for um, Best Actor, Limited Series or TV Movie with Show Me a Hero. That's what he won oh, his he award was for. Oh, he was in that. That's the huh. guy who did The Wire. I can't think of his name. But same. Okay. 
That's yeah, right. it was, I think I, I saw something about it. It was set in Brooklyn. It was about a the gentrification uh, a, of right. the the area of Brooklyn and all that. Oh, that was on HBO. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's what he won for. And then oh. tell me this. How the fuck did Sam Smith win for best original song oh. for Writings on the Wall? How the fuck is it? Because he's from like is he is it because he's British? Like the foreign press is like okay, we go with this. I was gonna say if the foreign media is in charge of it, yeah, that was just that's just bad. That's yeah, just bad. That's, that's, that's sad. All right, now Oral, you saw Hateful Eight, and I'm very jealous. I did. I saw it in glorious 70 millimeter, and how <laughs> I did, saw the road show. Now, now 70 millimeter. For those of you out there who don't know, some of you do, I'm sure. It's a physical film format it's not a digital format i don't i don't know is that like a nickelodeon <laughs> oh nice from the original sense i love it oh, wow. so it is a canister of film that they are traveling around as part oh, of the wow. but you also get a program too right you get a program and is it is there a intermission or no Do there they... is an intermission there is an overture oh. um which is amazing and creepy uh yeah there's a and an intermission that happens between two of the major scenes. So, like, that movie for me was over three hours. Um, but it's gorgeous and there's a lot of tension. Um, some people don't like it for the depiction of violence in a Tarantino film, which I, I can understand because, like, there's a lot of violence directed towards women um, in this one. And there's only really a few women in it, uh, but one in particular. It's really hard to watch because you're you're conflicted because this is not a very good character. She's awful. Uh, she's a racist, and you know your inclination is to want to see those people punished. But seeing them punished, you physically like you know watch that character spit blood. Ooh. But it it is um, not my favorite Tarantino film, um, but it is a very good one. I like nothing can touch Inglorious Bastards to me. Um, but the idea of like kind of like a like a locked room, um, who done it or who is doing it, and like what comes out of that has was really cool. It's very interesting. Hmm. I have not seen recent Tarantino films. I am very sad about this, but well, I would love we, to see this in the theater. You know, there hasn't been one for years. Well, so. no, I haven't seen Inglorious Bastards. You've never seen Inglorious Bastards? No, it's I amazing. Mean, it's not you even recent, that. really. But I just I missed it. No, it's sad. I want to see it. But I will say that I... It's on Netflix. Well, that's, that's as may be. I just, I'm saying I haven't seen it. And I want to, and I do recognize that Tarantino has always had a history of violence in his films, but I get the thing he's going for, so I'm okay with it, even if it doesn't float my boat. Does that make sense? But I am really like grateful that he's done this 70 millimeter thing. Did you notice any visual like difference? Could you tell anything? Um, it was very crisp. Okay. Um, it, and it really stood out during the panoramics and even the um, the scenes inside um, Minnie's haberdashery um, are really gorgeous. And it was nice to see um, him play with the media um, in that capacity and in in small little like meta. Um, abilities as well that you wouldn't normally get with digital. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, because it's a wider film format, right? Yeah. It's a wider film stock, so that that panoramic kind of thing you would get. So it's yeah, I would suggest go see it if you're if you're a Tarantino fan. Chances are you've already seen it. Um, I think the Roadshow was over 
We were lucky enough to get it. I think we beat out Fort Lauderdale. Whoa. Um, oh, wow. Wow. But not Tampa. Tampa got it, too. Well, you know, <laughs> Tampa. Television. We are in a golden age of science fiction television, I think. Oral, do you agree with me? <laughs> I would agree. Not since Battlestar Galactica has there been a sci-fi show that has scratched my itch for uh, political intrigue, uh, space combat somewhat, um, well-defined, interesting characters all working in different directions, trying to figure out their, their place in the universe, and zero-gravity sex. Did you... <laughs> We're talking about The Expanse, if you have not uh, checked this show out yet on sci-fi. Um, based on graphic, uh, graphic novels, based on novels by a, two writers, uh, I think the writer is E.J. James, their, their composite name, one of which is a assistant, uh, I guess, editor guy for George R. R. Martin. And if anything, that sort of may inform some of the stylistic, like the, the way the, the novels are spread out. Like it's, it's chapter, 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 character, character, character. So it's like... Like Game of Thrones, where you jump around. Oh, okay. It's likened to Game of Thrones in space. And and very much so with the hmm. intrigue and the politics and everything. Uh, so I had seen this advertised. They were saying, oh, episodes for free, episodes for free. I'm like, okay. I, I watched the first one. I was on travel on, in my hotel, and I loved it. It was so. It was on a laptop. It was amazing. Uh, Oral, you watched it fairly early on as mm, well, right? Like, the, as soon as it... Uh, Sci-Fi has been doing this really huge blitz for their media, trying to get people who love space, who love that sort of intrigue and tension and backstabbing to to watch the series for months. It was one of the first looks in like cinemas. Um, and so when it finally came out, I watched uh, the first two episodes and um, Sci-Fi's done a really smart thing where they'll release um, digital previews for everyone. Like, so whether you are someone who watches Sci-Fi or, you know, has cable, you can watch it. Um, I've been watching um, It On Demand. It is great. Uh, side note, Sci-Fi Now does not have a Android. I, I know I'm talking about Android. They don't have an Android app. They have like this Sci-Fi enhanced viewing, which is bullshit because when I downloaded it from my tablet, I was like, why can't I watch any episodes of this? And then I realized, oh shit, they don't have one for Android. It's coming soon wow. but the thing is i've had a sci-fi app for about a year now it's a terrible app i just watch it when i'm on the go but they don't have one for android which is kind of shitty i agree completely but the expanse is great it's if you like blade runner it's got elements of blade runner um in it and sort of like this mishmash of cultures coming together hmm. um you have characters who are very interesting. You don't really know all of their motivations yet because we're only, what, five, six episodes in? Yeah, it's like yeah. halfway through the first. Because uh, I don't think it's a full 20-something. It's like no. 12 or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. so you've got a, a space miner who's out there exploring and sort of gathering ice for the outer. Uh, so you basically have uh, humans have gone all the way out through Saturn, I think. Yeah, in they're the moons. in the belt. They're in the belt, the belt being the asteroid belt in between Mars and Jupiter. And so they're called the Belters. Then you have Mars that's been colonized. So you have the Martians. And then you have the Earth Alliance or whatever they call Earth, you know, basically. And so those are the three major factions. But then you have all these other people who are trying to find their place. There's the OPA, which I think is sort of the proto-Belter Alliance. 
Outer Planetary Alliance, I think. They're militant. They're very militant. They're, yeah, they're like the uh, IRA in, in Ireland kind of trying to break away, that whole uh, kind of thing. Um, um, Earth is very much on the decline. The Martians have a sense of pride because they've colonized this barren like world. Um, but Mars and Earth have really screwed people over on the belt. Yeah. Uh, but the belters need, you know, people from Earth and Mars, I guess. Um to provide air, resources yeah, and resources yeah, yeah. while they give them all of these minerals that they can't find on their planets. So it's kind of like it's it's what Dune always told you. The worst kind of government is like the three tiered kind of like the tripod the, is the most unstable of structures. Yeah. yeah. It's hmm. a beautiful show. I mean, it's beautifully executed. The book, I started reading the first book, and I got turned off because the early chapters are very visceral and in a way that I didn't really enjoy, but I'm going to try to push through and get to the good stuff. I don't know. The show, though, they've, they've, they've brought in all these different angles. The character on Earth isn't even in the first book, evidently. She mm. shows up, I guess, in the second book. Uh, but she's a really strong uh, Indian uh, United Nations representative and yet very politically savvy and is trying to figure out the mist. They're all trying to figure out the mystery of this one thing, this one spaceship. Anyway, I will tell you this. The show is exactly what, if you like sci-fi, like hardcore uh, Battlestar Galactica or even harder sci-fi and Game of Thrones kind of intrigue and politics, hmm. this is the show. You've got to watch it. Uh, around the same time they put this out, they also did an adaptation of Childhood's End, which is an Arthur C. Clarke novel. It's one of my favorite sci-fi novels. I will admit I'm only the first night in, and it's what, three nights? It's for three nights. Two hours each? Two hours each. And the first two, and I know how the story ends, so by the way, we might spoil a few things, but I know how it ends, and they nailed it. I was talking to my friends at work, I'm like, did they reveal, okay, so if you haven't read sci-fi, or uh, Childhood's End, there's a spoiler here. Did they reveal when the overlords or what they look like? Yes, that at early, the, and at, they at did. The end. Okay, at so, the end of the first third. So what it is is that um, it's the the nicest invasion you can ever ask for. Where one day aliens come out of the sky and they're like, "Hey, um, we're here," <laughs> and they speak Hi. through um, an emissary, like a human emissary. They're like, "This is what you're going to do. We're going to make your planet a utopia." Um, and, and he's like a farmer, every man, yeah, totally. Uh, like he's done other similar things in like trade negotiation, not similar. They, they but, pick, you know. they pick the, like the nicest person they could possibly. Basically, yeah. um, Wonder Bread, yeah, yeah. So some people are a little hesitant as to what's about to happen. Chief O'Brien is the evil sort of, uh, yeah. So, uh. Um, some people are super excited because we realize we're not alone in the universe, and there's something bigger out there. Um, but there's a catch to why they're here. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that they've been here before, but w the price we pay is so traumatic that like there's psychic feedback throughout the ages. And so our concept of evil is what these overlords look like. Um, and spoiler yeah. alert, they're, they're horned winged demons. They're Tim Curry from Legend with wings they are like demon incarnate oh nice. and if you're into stuff like that you're gonna be totally excited Sold. voiced by charles dance from game of thrones and, and many Sold. other things no seriously though this is this is not like hoven hooved too with wait a beard a goatee <laughs> like a like a, like a, a horn, horn goatee. goatee it is like i didn't think they were gonna do this 
So this book is old. This book came out in the 50s, maybe in the 60s. Oh, wow. It is old. It's been around forever, but it is one of those books that is a classic of science fiction. And nowadays, when they adapt stuff like that, you think, oh, they're going to they're gonna fuck it up. It's not going to be good. It's not. This is one of the reasons they haven't done certain books, and they've done mm-hmm. other books like Dune, both badly and well. Like, it's been both. So it, it was really scary for me, personally, because it's a favorite. The only thing I will say is that that the first night or like episode one is a lot of uh, world building and yeah. setup, mm-hmm. um, and then two is kind of like you're figuring out what's happening, um, and then the third one feels a little rushed because there's so much ground to cover. You got to go pretty fast, yeah. Yeah, um, but overall, it was really good. Sci-Fi's done this really big push to 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 bring themselves back from the the Sharknados <laughs> and the Tarantula puss or whatever you oh, call I them. Like, I like Lava Lantula. No, those it, it's awful. As someone who really loves like, like I like old school. So, go, I'm sorry. No, no. What was what was that that uh, television series that came out that was produced in tandem with a video game? A Defiance. Defiance. Defiance yeah. That was pretty good for for off and on. It was okay. 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 Yeah, I, and I still watch Defiance. Like but the network as a whole did not have that as their main push. Mm-hmm. That was just a thing they did. Mm-hmm. But they have in the last year with Twelve Monkeys, which is actually really good mm-hmm. com- considering what it is. Um, there was another show they did at the same time, and I forgot. And then last year they did Dominion. like a Dominion. But then last year they did like a um, space arc that turned out it wasn't that whole thing. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was another. Oh, was that the one with Holly Berry? Holly Berry? No, no. Uh, but it had Stan. the chick. Uh, it had uh, from um, Battlestar. It had uh, Henstridge. Yeah, and Bobby are, are you, from you, um, Cougar Town. Are you talking about? You're not talking about Killjoys. Are you talking about? Um, Oh, Dark yeah. Matter? Nope, not Dark Matter either. It was like a, it was a special event, three night okay, thing. So yeah, it, had yeah. the, it had a name like Defiance, like Dominion. It had one of those one word. Anyway, who cares? Go look it up. It's great. They've done a lot better. I'm they're very turning happy. The, they're, they're turning the ship around. They even did the first episode of The Magicians. Another um, show featuring. I did this happen in this in this episode? Uh, floating Sex. Yes. Because yes. that's kind of funny. The <laughs> These two sex. shows that they're putting out early. Both feature, and it's just one-off thing. It, People having sex in the middle of the air. Is it's the magicians on sci-fi too? Yeah, it, it oh, will okay. be. They did um, a preview of it, like a digital release, like they did for the Expanse. Expanse. Yeah. Okay. Um, even though the the author has been really involved Lev with Grossman. the yeah with it, I really enjoy those books. I read them yep. pretty voraciously. Um, Harry Potter goes to grad school. In New York. Yeah. There are elements of it that remain true, but they're moving things around. They're combining two of the books, um, the first and the second one. Uh, It's only going to be like 12 issues, but it's it's weird. Knowing Knowing those books and not having seen any sort of representation of it first... Um, anything like it's it's really weird to see. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily agree with everything that they've done. Um, I, I I just have to wait. Like I have yeah. to wait and see. But that yeah. first, if you want to talk about childhood's end being rushed at the end, mm-hmm. the magicians is rushed in the beginning. Like oh, that's you bad. jump oh, okay. a couple of months and like an hour. That's that's. I mean, but again, it's like if it had been a movie, it would have been even more rushed. You know. Yeah. And so it's good that it's a show, and I'm really glad they're doing it. Um, also, this reminded me. Did you guys see that Neil Patrick Harris was cast in uh, uh, a series uh, of unfortunate events as Count Olaf? Yeah, as Count Olaf. Like 
if I had to pick another actor, <laughs> am I the only one who's read those? Did you read the books? I, I've read like half of them. Okay. I have not because I'm a grown-ass man. Oh, Listen, yeah. those books are awesome for adults and kids. They are yeah. subversive as fuck, and they I'm are I'm surprised hilarious. you haven't read them. They, they are. are really hilarious. Yeah. Um, but the fact that NPH is doing it is... Gonna give is giving me a lot more confidence in it because I actually really like the movie. I love uh, Jim Carrey's performances all off, and overall, I love the whole the tone and the music and everything of it. So that fact that he's gonna get to be Olaf, who's a difficult character to bring off, I think. I mean, Jim Carrey did his own version of it, but I'm yeah. really excited for MPH. Um, anyway, so sorry that was a little aside, but television. So uh, Pat and I have been watching this interesting Netflix series. Have you guys heard of Making a Murderer? No, everybody is a, everybody is obsessed with the show. I I have not seen or heard anything about it. it. Just kind of appeared. It is the Netflix television equivalent of Serial, in that they are doing, and it's not the same like stylistically. It's not you know one story told over twelve. You know, it's not like that. But it is all a deep dive of basically did this one guy up in Wisconsin kill somebody or not, and all of the from when he was convicted years previously and then, you know, falsely you know convicted of rape and served time for like 18 years. And then the he gets out of prison. He starts to sue the county that convicted him and then he gets charged with murder. Was he framed or not? It's that whole deep dive. Hmm. A lot of found footage, interviews with a family, interv- a family of uh, Sky Steve Avery, um, a lot of uh, the lawyers involved, his defense lawyers. Um you know, television production, you know, interviews at the time, media chasing the family. It's all of this, but it's a, I think, 10 part series. And we're just through, I think, uh, episode eight. We just finished today. And if you enjoyed serials like back and forth of, oh my gosh, did he do it? Oh, maybe he did it. No, maybe he didn't do it. That's what the show offers. Uh, the bias is very clear to me in that it's very much from the defense perspective, but I will give a spoiler. Uh, he gets convicted. Um, so that's why, like, it's harder to get the winning side to step up and sort of, you know, give all that if they won and they don't care anymore. Spoiler for a 10 year old court case. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing I read online, I haven't got to yet. I I won't spoil it here, but, um, there are some other stuff that is, uh, coming up about this case. Anyway. Yeah. It's an old case. Uh, but it's a, it's a great show. Like they did a really good job of sticking very documentarian sort of style to found footage with no it's voiceover. Not, it's not found footage. They've been making this documentary for 10 years. Okay. Okay. So it's a mix of stuff they've been shooting, but also found footage from television and I other. I wouldn't say that that's not really found footage. That's just like. It's accounts. documented footage. Yeah. from. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at Mint Mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From the court case and the 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 news the news clippings or not news clippings but the news footage from Videos. that time that's what these I mean. two women have been working on this okay through the, that's why all of these cameras are actually there these two women have been doing this since his um, acquittal okay and then it led into because it was a matter of I think not even two years or a year before the murder came up so they've been working on all of this for the last ten years. And then it led to becoming a Netflix show. That's how this documentary ended up being released, which worked out beautifully for them because it was on a, it's on a great platform. You're able to... How many times do you really sit there and go, okay, let me go watch a documentary? Most people don't ever do that. But you put it on Netflix at, besides you. But you're also <laughs> the one drinking out of a damn wine bottle. It's okay, Brian. You, I'm there you, with you. you. What does that have to do with anything? You forget it's being recorded on video. And everybody care. else drinking out of I a cup. And he's like... drinking my lost what? angel Pinot Noir out of a wine bottle. They're not paying us. Put it down. <laughs> no free ad space. Maybe they will. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but this was this was probably the best way that this could have gotten put out there. And it's not really meant to be, hey, he did it or hey, he didn't do it. Kind of the way Serial, the way Serial was presented for the first season, which I think Sarah Koenig has been very careful not to really step into with season two was, did he do this? Well, season two, it's there's not, did he do it? It's he did it. Here's why. Well, yes, but the, she could go through the route of, was he right for what he did? Right. No, and she's kind of taken a step back because of the way that season one ended. You go through 12 episodes <laughs> and we're expecting you to give an answer on what you think happened. I don't know. I and don't know. she think? just, there's a lot of evidence that he did it. There's a lot of evidence that he didn't do it. I'll leave it up to you to decide. And I think everybody just wanted to smack her. Yeah. I'm sure she was a nice person, but God damn it. So this really doesn't take that. Yes, it's from the, the defense side, but I think that's also less because the prosecution and Manitowoc County would want to have their story told. They were already working on Stephen Avery's unlawful or um, yeah, the, incorrect the lawsuit. Yeah, his lawsuit and his, his getting out of jail after 18 years for um, a wrongful conviction. So it's already going to be on that side, and they're already granted this permission and doing all this stuff with the family. Right. So that's really the side that you're going to see. And yes, does it help that you know because he was convicted that it kind of does give a strong a strong showing of this? Yeah, but you know we'll we'll see what what it, comes of this. It is so uh, there's so much in the zeitgeist right now that there are people like the White House responded to a petition for this guy. Because it is so much in the atmosphere right now. So anyway, if you like uh, serial, if you like that kind of deep dive and something like that, it, this is definitely check out Making a Murderer. Now, uh, the two women that made the documentary were on uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert Aww. and talked about, and he asked them outright if they thought he was innocent. Uh huh. And they said that they don't know whether or not he's innocent, but that they feel he should not have been convicted. There was enough reasonable doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, as we got through episode eight and the juror that had to be excused said that the majority of jurors, when they first went in to deliberate, were voting not guilty. Seven out of 12, with only three saying guilty and two undecided. So there's a lot of prejudice 
when it comes down to this case. So it is also a fascinating look at Wisconsin and sort of backwoods Wisconsin. So I uh, I messaged a friend. When they say bag, funny bag. What do they say? <laughs> big, big, big. Don't you know? I feel, it's like the Trixie Mattel interview all over oh again. Oh my god! I <laughs> forgot about Trixie being from up there. Oh, we should we should talk. <gasps> well, ask we. I need to. I'll call Trixie and be like, "Hey, what do you think of the Stephen Avery case?" Trixie's thoughts on. I want her murder. to answer the phone and go, Na- "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah." Knocking yeah. of a matter. Did yeah. we talk? I don't think we did. Uh, Fargo wrapped up. I'll throw this really out quickly because I don't oh, think yeah. anybody else has watched it. I, but it's I speaking of it. the North. No, don't, don't, don't ruin it. I'm, I'm going to watch the series. I'm going to watch the series. Don't say anything about it. It was good, but <laughs> okay. different. Anyway, all right. Lighter stuff. Uh, Gallivant came back. I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it, <laughs> but I heard it's great. You, Pat, you like the first season? No. I did not like I the first season. The I'm, a, season. I'm a completionist, so when I start oh. something, I tend to watch all the episodes. Well, who I didn't find it all who, that who great. I, I finished the first season. And you liked it. I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. I thought it was a one-time... It was one of those things where they were like, oh, one-time musical event. And I was like, okay, one-time musical event. I'll watch it so I have something to talk to with my theater Episodic. It's a poor man's Monty Python's Holy Grail. Princess I don't want it. Bride-ish, Holy Grail-ish. And, uh, yeah. And, musical and numbers. The, the main issue is that it... Like season two, the I've only seen a little bit of season two. And season two is incredibly self-aware. Uh-huh. Like... Like, they just kind of leaned into the Monty Python-esque sort of season thing. Season one was self-aware, too. That didn't make it good. Why are yes. we talking about this show? <laughs> BJ liked it. And I, that I and want Kylie, to like it. And Kylie Minogue guessed it on it. And there was a bear was, bear tender, bear yes. bartender, and there was a whole music number about basically it's raining men. That was yes. the whole thing. I mean, it's got the gay thing. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, and I like the long-haired guy. I guess he was the evil king in the first season, yes. and now he's like a buddy of the guy. I don't, I don't quite get that, but he's, he's kind of drafted the guy to help him. So, like, I love him in many different shows over the years, from mm-hmm. judging Amy that far back. But he was in the finale of The Soup, which just ended its what ten year run. Has it? I thought it'd been longer. Well, than that. The Soup has been ten years. Before yeah. 12, that, it was Talk 12, Soup. Eleven oh. or twelve years for The Soup, and it was like twenty four years total for. Talk suit. But it okay. just ended, and he was a part of the finale and some of the last uh, up to it. Anyway, uh, I can't think of his name. He's got a crazy name, but he's really funny. And I'm really, I, I do want to watch this, so I'm glad you brought this up. Now, Steven Universe is uh, doing some crazy love story. And this Another is thing where I'd rather hang myself. <laughs> Why? I heard it's, everyone always watched it. Have you watched it? I've, I've tried, okay. and I think it's trash. Oh. But yep. that's fine. Other people can the like it. The first episode was endearing. I enjoyed it. I have not gotten past that, but there seems to be some positive, like, same-sex relationship. Well, you know, that's things. harsh. I shouldn't call things trash. It wasn't for me. Wasn't for I you. do not see the appeal, and I don't like it when people try to ram it down my throat. There you go. He likes it when other things are rammed down his throat. Well, that's <laughs> you were going for the low-hanging fruit. Don't compliment yourself the only... that much. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> really? Hashtag power bottom for Christ 2016. Oh, is that the new one? Uh, no, somewhat versatile 2016. <laughs> somewhat versatile 2016. Totes like mask that. 2016. Mascara for mascara. Someone uh, asked me, he's like, why wouldn't it be power bottom 2016? I'm like, because that's what I did from the age of like 18 to like 24. That's most of my life. I think we said party bottom last night, 2016. Oh, no. no. <laughs> All right. Oh, no. All right. But um, no, one of one of the main characters that is actually an amalgam of two characters that are in a random season-esque 
it, it, the seasons are kind of bunched up into just chunks of episodes, not really like a traditional 24 or something like right. that. And they're short, like 11 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the character Garnet, who's voiced by Estelle, the singer Estelle, um, is actually a fusion of two gems who essentially are meant to be two women in a, in a romantic relationship. And they fuse. And they fuse because they actually have strong enough feelings together to just keep that going. Okay. So they're just permanently together all the time because they kind of scissor. She she wants she wants to. Okay. And and so then this this chunk of episodes they actually talked about how they met and not only are they fusion in in the sh- in the show with the with the uh, I guess the homeworld characters is viewed like oh, it's a tool. You you fuse with somebody that's the same thing as you uh-huh. to like reach the higher thing on the shelf. You don't fuse because it feels good. That's gross. So it's so you you get a you get a view at how why it's weird that they're always together to other characters, uh-huh. um, and that their relationship is a romantic one. Interesting. So well, I've heard there's been great musical numbers that have come out of the show. Oh yeah. Uh, Jinx Monsoon sang one of them recently on a thing, and she really loves the show. And it sounds interesting. I do have to watch it. You say recently. It was like three months ago. Oh, well, that's recent to me. <laughs> I was like when October. you get older, everything is recent. No, um, my takeaway from that is Estelle has a job. She's been working. <laughs> she's been working. Last thing I heard was American Boy, and then that was it. No, she's put out more has work she? since then. Yes, yeah, she has. Oh, well, that's good. So I want to move into gaming. Uh I have been playing the hell out of Fallout 4, and I'm sure... Am I the only one, actually? I think so. Yeah. Wow. So, Fallout 4 has been huge for, like, the last few months. I got in kind of late, but I will say that if you like Fallout 3, it's a lot like that. Uh, more story, more music, uh, but the same amount of killing raiders and killing super mutants and running around collecting caps, and uh, and just... it's It's a lot of the same. But the neat new thing they added is a world-building uh, component where you're actually building up civilization again. And so they have this huge crafting system, and you're building up these little settlements, and you're giving them supplies, and building them generators, and new houses, and this whole thing. And then one day, when someone tries to disable all that, you step out on the balcony, it's like, bye to town, listen to me! Where are you gonna run to? Where are you gonna go? Oh my god. If you could oh, make yourself, you could make yourself blaster. Blaster. Tina Turner, I would be amazed by this game. No, it's not that it's not that. But but the Mad Max new game is pretty awesome too. Uh, and it's again, not new, it's been out for a while. Mm. But new to me because I got it on a Steam sale over Christmas. And because you're cheap uh, and yeah. you're always late to the game, gotcha. I am. No, it's fine. But it's also really well done um, so far. Very fun. You get to drive a lot, of course. It's a Mad Max game, and you get to build up your car. So love the building components. SimCity may have died and kind of gone away or whatever the hell's happened to it. It's a mobile game. But, you know, these it lives on in all these other new things uh, in, like Fallout 4 and, and Mad Max. Now, the Oculus, which I actually have played a little bit with the dev, the dev kit, uh, uh, they finally put out the the new uh, the, their first release, yeah. or at least it, it announced it. Like a like they they announced like the price point and and everything. Six hundred dollars. Yeah, no. I mean, it's impressive. If you've ever had a chance to try it, it'll either make you vomit or it'll be like, oh, this is really cool, and then it'll make you vomit. It's not as cool as the HTC Vive. Sorry. Oh well. It's I not. I don't know. Am I getting Quest World? Yes or no. I was promised a virtual reality world by now. Who's giving it to me? 
We're, uh, we're getting there. We're it's, getting yeah, there. it's definitely getting there. Um, depending on the demo you see, it's really impressive. Uh, HoloLens is another one that Microsoft's doing. That's also impressive, but that's slightly different. That's more of an AR, mm. augmented reality as opposed yeah. to VR. But I'm very excited. Um, in my professional capacity, we've been playing with the Oculus, and uh, they have some neat stuff coming. Uh, for a gamer, I don't know. Like I've heard people are doing different things with the Oculus, and I, I haven't been able to try it uh, as a gamer. Like I heard... Even go back to like Bioshock Infinite, you could get to run in the thing. Oh, that's it was cool. really immersive. But that actually sounds interesting. Insert try comic a uh, uh, comment about Sword Art Online. Um, and then yeah, what's this with Amazon Prime? You get a discount if you pre-order. What is the deal? Twenty percent, I think. Yeah, apparently, uh, if you're an if you're a Amazon Prime member, uh, and you pre-order a game, you get a twenty percent discount on it. That's pretty good. So yeah. So just for those of you trying to save a buck, I uh, I have Amazon Prime, and I use it all the time for quick deliveries. Now I will have to try to think about using it for uh, game pre-orders. We had a listener call in, call in, write in. They don't call. Nobody ever called. Actually, I think we had one voicemail once. Anyway, no, we had a yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Do we have a tepid line somewhere that I don't know about? We had a Google Voice for a while. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it died. I, I didn't renew it. Anyway, so... <laughs> Just uh, like Google Plus? I still use that. I still use that. So, Mike uh, from Orlando had us, had us a question. I want to... I want Long-time to, listener. First-time writer. Yeah, really. Um, I wanted to read That's this. That's a lie because he's written to us before as well. Oh, well, this is the first time we're using his question. Uh, and then we'll jump into some new Marvel, DC, and indie stuff uh, for comic books, which we do talk about occasionally. Uh with the new Marvel reboots and all the bazillion new teams, it feels like they put everyone's name in a bag, pulled them out at random, and added them to a team roster. What are your guys' thoughts? Do you agree or disagree? Um, I think that some of the new teams don't... Like, whenever you put new teams together, at first you don't see how they work, and then eventually you see it. My issue has become, like, just... There are some teams that I just don't care about. Um... The new Avengers, I really wanted to like that book because uh, Hulkling and Wiccan were Avengers now. They're using um, uh, the Maker as their big villain, and it's just I don't care because it's Ewing, and the art is really bad. Um, but do you like what they're doing with the Ultimates? Which, which I was going to say. mixed of... Yeah. Yeah, which is I was going to say. Ultimates is great. Um, that team is finally really well put together. Um, you've got Captain Marvel, you've got Miss America Chavez, which is always, oh, yeah. she's always a strong, um, interesting character. You've got Spectrum, who's Monica, uh, Rambo, and it's always good to see her in an ongoing series. Yes. Um, there's, there's just some, some teams that you just, whatever. But all I new Avengers? Yeah, I would say all new, I all like, different. Like yeah. Well, it's, they're the Avengers, but different. Yeah. Like, it's the Avengers of the 90s, where you have, like, um, what is it? Sentry or Nomad and Beta Ray Bill is just yeah. we're in that kind of like flux time. For me, the issue comes from the creative teams yep. together, not necessarily the teams they put together. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't. I don't see it for a lot of them. I I don't. Did you like A Force? That was kind of another interesting pairing from Secret Wars. Um, if I if you hadn't read A Force in Secret Wars, you wouldn't understand what the fuck is going on. True. Um, it wouldn't make his, It wouldn't have the same resonance. Yeah, yeah no. but even even having read that, I 
it was all right. It's, you know, it was a, it's a noble idea. Um, I just don't see the execution happening for me personally, for me. But, you know, that's, that's come see, come saw. Like, I'm not actually so buying the books. What would be your favorite new pairing of characters um, from Marvel? I I probably would say Jason Aaron and uh, Chris Bocciolo writing uh, Doctor Strange. Like, okay. that Doctor Strange book is really cool. And he has a, a new set of extended characters and an old set of extended characters. And exactly. All sort of um, and, and that, to me... You know, shows you what you can do when you come up with a, a strong idea and you run with it, and it it doesn't seem like they're pushing him for movie purposes. It it's doing its own thing, and it's a strong book. Now, BJ, what about you? Um, I don't know. It's uh, there's probably a lot of inner Marvel. There's a lot of inner company workings that we're probably not getting. Um, they could have given some writers like, hey. What character they could have asked some writers what characters they wanted to use versus certain writers they were like oh by the way here's a list like you know there there's there's some of that in there um, I don't think any of them feel random I I'm pretty sure people like picked the characters that they thought they could write oh well yeah when he, when he like, says random I think he just means from a reader's perspective yeah. with the eight month gap from the previous continuity and Secret Wars. That's the random. But they started the new Marvel Universe as eight months later. Things yeah. happened, and we're not going to show you that, but we'll refer back to it. And so now here's the new thing we're doing. Yeah. So it's random, but not random, really. Yeah. I. I it doesn't. It doesn't really feel real. Like some of the books, like New Avengers. I. You know. I. I saw the roster, and I was like, I really like most of these characters. And then I read it, and I was like. Eh. Yeah, that's my problem with New Avengers too. Is or not New Avengers? Sorry, New Avengers sucks. All new, all different Avengers uh, is great characters and a great creative team too. Yeah, but the book is falling flat. Well, hodgepodge, odd combination, uncanny Avengers. You had Old Man Cap and Rogue, who were part of the previous part of the that's previous incarnation. One, yeah, but then Synapse. Now we're gonna throw an Inhuman well, on the team. She's new. That's a new thing, I think. Well, whatever it is, the only, and then and then you got Deadpool, of who course. now they're taking this whole, I'm so popular, all my merchandise funds the Avengers, which is kind of a whatever. funny meta thing, though. Which, which is is Deadpool? He's a meta character, yeah. Which is, but then Deadpool is back alive, married to Devil Woman, Mrs. Deadpool, Mrs. Deadpool from Secret Wars. Who was his? No, that was before Secret Wars. Oh, okay. Well, she that, was in Secret Wars. Too. Yeah, no, but that's that's fine. Uh, but she was that's that was the wedding issue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before right. yeah, he yeah. was killed, but now he's back and, and he's mad. Although when he had that whole uh, when he came home and she was doing her her sorcery or whatnot, and he's like he mentioned how she was dressed, and then they had like those four panels in a row of like her changing into different things. Was hysterical. Was that, I enjoyed uh, that. Was that in Deadpool and Cable, or was that in? Uh, I think oh, that might have been in Split Second. That was Deadpool and Cable. But speaking of which, the but fact Cable's that back. Bringing Cable in. Cable's yeah. here. Avengers, like I was a, on the fence on dropping on Kenny Avengers, but anytime Cable shows up, oh, I'm, bitch, I'm you were not dropping that. As soon as, <laughs> well, as soon as Cable's glowy, I showed up at the <laughs> end. I was like, and we're keeping this boy. I know. I guess. And we're I in. just, ugh, I just wish that when they like had a chance to reset shit, that they would have given him his uh, to back. Yeah, yeah. And he'd had his metal arm. He'd have his yeah. telekinesis and telepathy back. None of this, you know. I have 
flashes uh, of the future. Precognitive flashes. Bitch, it's what? Different. It depowers them. I mean, there's a thing right now where superheroes are being depowered. Like Superman isn't as strong as he used to be. Yeah. Uh, Batman, in that he is not. Well, he's not. He's, he's Jim Gordon. He's a young Batman in a different thing. So he's depowered. I mean, they're they're they realize that they want to tell stories they couldn't tell previously because it didn't make sense when you're like, well, he could just punch the planet. You know, Cable was always a very overpowered character. So no, he wasn't. I, Cable I, just ran around with giant guns all the time. What? Cable <laughs> didn't remember when he was body sliding and using yeah. his telekinesis <laughs> to keep his body moving uh, and from, keep from, the from falling apart. balance that way. Well, yes. That was, know, was a counterbalance. Lifting, but... lifting like 28 tanks and like, no. <laughs> Cable has had it. Cable had to use most of his power to keep his body together. Which was the counterbalance, but that was the Because the techno-organic virus had to be kept at base and we used most of it. And now he has a talking tattoo. Which is so hilarious. Inst- so instead of going, you know, Gray Malkin, body slide by one, now he's talking to... Uh, like his 1950s pinup girl tattoo. Which is kind of funny because Iron Man has... voiced by Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> Could, that would be amazing. Iron Man kind of has a talking uh, like assistant thing. Like well, that yeah, he replaced a, his AI with uh, with a female. Friday. Yeah. Uh, his girl Friday mm-hmm. thing. Um, Who is sassy as fuck and yes. she is awesome. Uh, Iron Man has been very good. Iron Man. Yeah. Bendis, this is Bendis' strongest stuff for Marvel in a while. Yeah. I'm very happy with Iron Man. Um, I love... Uh, Ultimates, like I said, that's that's been really good and cosmic. Well, now and now they changed what Galactus does. Yeah, he's the status quo is now all sorts of just wonky. We'll see how long that lasts, but whatever. Um, they're they're in my mind. He's just puking up everything. He's got like (laughs) bulimia. Oh no, cosmic (laughs) bulimia. He's cosmic uh, Karen Carpenter. I ate all these worlds. I made it a broad thing, and you zeroed in on somebody. Who died tragically. I love Karen Carpenter. But, <laughs> but it was funny this time. <laughs> Thank you. I got validation from yeah. my boyfriend. No. Um, <laughs> um, I'm your producing secretary. Can we talk? Oh, so we've left off the most important thing. And Mike, I hope that addressed your question. Uh, if not, um, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat, written by Kate Leth, art by Brittany Williams, this is a book that if you are a fan of manga, if you are a fan of you like Jessica Jessica Jones, because, you know, obviously Patsy was a big part That's of that. That's a stretch. Yeah, they kind of worked that in a little bit. If you like her from God, for whatever reason, you like her from the romance comics uh, era, if you like any of the past incarnations, it's all there. But most importantly, if you like gay characters, bears, this book's got it all. It is fantastic. Kate Leth, who I had the privilege of interviewing and having interviewing, she was on a panel at Heroes a couple years ago as a LGBT panel we did, and like I made this huge thing for her about the impossible bear she had drawn, and she's like, I never thought about that. Anyway, like love the fact that she is latched on and making the bear community in some way, shape, or form as part of her Marvel Universe corner. It is awesome. Uh, she took the character Tubbs from. Uh, uh, Patsy's era back in the romance days mm. and is now aged him up to be this cute little ginger cub running a bookstore called Burley Books. She's got a, I think, gay assistant now. I uh, forgot his name, um, but he's like his or her little assistant. And she's in the world of uh, She-Hulk. So it's kind of an outgrowth oh, okay. of what Charles Soule did with She-Hulk and then they did in their little winter Christmas special. Uh, but anyway, it's funny. If you like Squirrel Girl... Or some of the stuff DC's doing and some of their books, like Batgirl, 
it's that kind of thing. And okay. it's really, really good. Uh, fun. She may get dark at some point, but the first issue so far is just a lot of fun and cute. I don't think this will work everywhere. Bubble I will gun. admit, we talked about this on Comic Bears, there could come a time when this is becoming the standard, and we don't want that because it's a little too cartoony for everything. Mm. But as sort of a counterbalance to some of the darker parts of different universes, it's a lot of fun. So I'm oh. very happy. Honorable Marvel mentions. Uh, Uncanny and Humans is all right. Like the, uh, the last issue where... Uh, they're fighting their son, Uhura, who's been driven mad in the future, um, which is actually in the past. That was really good. But All New and Humans, is anybody reading that besides me? I'm reading it. It's so good. I love seeing Crystal like as a team leader. Yeah, I'm glad she got um, a book. And she's not just a wife and a mother <laughs> or a sister. Right. She's kicking ass. Yeah. And got a new sassy hairdo. Mm-hmm. That sassy hairdo is pretty sweet. Yeah. Now, DC, do we have any more Marvels? Uh, Tigger Wars 9. Oh, God, how did we forget that? All right, so let's just deal with this. Some people didn't like the ending. Some people liked the ending. We're going to spoil it. We're going to tell you what happens, and then we're going to move on. Uh, basically, everything goes back to normal. Sorry that that's a shock, and really it's not quite true, but for all intents and purposes, the ending is what we all thought. Marvel's continuity continues with some additions, mm-hmm. with some changes. They're no longer the 616. They're Prime Earth. Prime Earth, which is just like DC, whatever. Uh, basically, this is kind of like a DC reboot. It's, it's, but, it, but it continues all the Marvel history you know and love. The only big change is the Fantastic Four as a group is off the table right now. You got Reed and his family, minus Ben, minus Johnny, off rebuilding the multiverse and having wacky science adventures as a family, which is fantastic. I love that it's idea cute. so much. It, it's cute. So I, I'm very, very happy with that ending. I didn't think it was schmaltzy. I mean, it's got a little bit of that schmaltz-ish, but like it's, it's fitting. And it ends Hickman's epic Fantastic Four story in a way that I liked mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. I would agree. Um, because... Ultimately, you got major character development because Reed, while still being a jackass, <laughs> realized the mistakes that he made, um, and he's finally doing something to change that in like a huge, multi-dimensional universe-shaping way. But like he's actually being a father to his kids, which he's mm-hmm. never really been a good one. Um, he's being a good husband to Sue, so there's no more lies. Um, I I like I like the way it ended. I like that Valeria explained it all to us because I didn't understand <laughs> what happened. I'm just like, so wait a minute. So Black Panther traveled back in time to save him. Oh, okay, I'm just gonna assume like we fixed it. Yeah. Um, there was a little bit of hand waving at the end. I yeah. well, they needed to have Valeria explain it because there it went from um fighting doom, fighting doom, fighting doom. Everything's done. Well, yeah, and I like I like that that struggle that we see that um, it all boils down to, you know, Reed and Victor not getting along and them not understanding each other um, because, like, Doom has always blamed Reed for his accident and whether that's his fault or not, friends argue. Um, And sometimes you ruin friendships because even if you don't think that you're wrong, you don't really do anything to help that person. You just keep saying that they're wrong. Mm-hmm. And you, and Reed was like, you know, I could fix this. You know I could. Um, and then Reed does fix it uh, through the like twist of fate with uh, Molecule Man. But instead of saying, you know, 
I'm sorry that we fought. He helped his friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was really sweet, too. Yeah. And that's really what matters in the end is that you help others, not necessarily approving who's right or who's wrong. Right. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. There's a golden rule personified in his actions. Thank you, Catholic school. I wasn't Catholic, but that's all right. Thank you, Christian school. That's right. Christian Mingle. Um, I'm glad that you explained that because honestly, I've never been a big Fantastic Four fan. And that absolutely now makes sense as to why at the end with Doom, you know, taking the mask off and his face being healed up. Like that actually puts that into a perspective that says, okay, now this makes sense. Because otherwise, I mean, it, it was fine. And the I, I think part of the reason why some people may have been disappointed with how it ended is if you're not... Yes, okay. Hickman had a great run with Fantastic Four and this puts a cap on his Fantastic Four story. This was a line-wide crossover. Yep. Mm-hmm. So you're putting a bow on the story for the Fantastic Four and this run that you started and all of this stuff. That's fantastic. But what does that mean for me? You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a Fantastic Four person. I didn't read his run on that. So I didn't I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was fine. I thought that it put us where we needed to be and that it didn't... It, the books launching before the end of Secret Wars didn't really hurt it. It didn't reveal anything. I mean, it, yes, the, the Doom thing with him being in, in Iron Man. Okay, fine. Now we know how that happened. Yeah. Right. Um, so it didn't really spoil much of that. But overall, besides the Black Panther and besides Reed and the Fantastic Four, which aside because Ben and Johnny, we don't quite know how the fuck that happened because John, Ben was dead and Johnny was the, was the son. Well, you can do anything when you become a god. When you're god. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. Reed becomes god and then Franklin's They're making new. weird like holy trinity. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really appropriate in that the Marvel Universe, as we know it, started with the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. So now, literally, the Marvel multiverse is being created by the Fantastic Four, or ish, FF. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you always pay tribute to your gods and give them hamburgers. Right? Right? If, <laughs> exactly. That was hilarious. I, that's... Uh, that's the reason why Miles may I mean who well, knows but that's why Miles I guess is but like Miles universe. and his entire supporting cast as well as his resurrected mother are yeah, like yeah, yeah. well and that's, what, that's what they feel like um, Owen's thing was when he said he owed him one was right. giving him back his mom yeah mm-hmm. so that so. was really sweet and, and it fits it works yeah so yeah Marvel like overall the Secret Wars I think will be looked back on fondly the delays and all that sucked and I really wish that hadn't happened but at the same time everything always gets delayed exactly yeah. it's, it's you're foolish to think otherwise these days but now, it, didn't, it didn't really hurt I, if anything the delay kind of it, it I wouldn't go that far yeah. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't go that far I, as a retailer I think you, it's, oh it was bad it's bad no, as it a reader this, it was bad because yeah. you have so much time in between unless you're going to go back and reread I was reading comments on I think a CBR post and somebody said that they were like in preparation for number nine coming out, I went back and read one through eight and then read nine. He's like, yeah. and it made a lot more sense because you have it all fresh in your mind. Yeah. I haven't picked up a Secret Wars issue since it came out. When they came out, I rushed and I read them and I haven't touched them since. So when nine came out, it was like, okay, well, you know, I had to actually even um, remind Brian that Ben had died because yeah, he, uh, when I he did. came up from being the wall, and he went to go fight Galactus, and Franklin was was steering Galactus, and he's like, "I'd rather die than you know than fight you." 
and he let Galactus kill him. So it was like you forget these little bits and pieces of it when you have that much time in between, and then you have to stretch it out an extra issue just to tell the story. Oh, I just have a really good memory then. Um, DC, I don't have a lot to talk about, but I have been enjoying Dark Side War a lot, and Batman is as always been really good. Uh, are there any other standouts for you? Um, Constantine the Hellblazer. That's still is, really good. It's so good. I gotta catch up on that. Um, I I, I like Midnighter. Um, oh, Midnighter, of course. No, but, that's been great. Although, are you worried now that they're basically like bringing in all these other DC? Oh yeah, no, I know. I, know. I was worried. <laughs> I said I was like, you know, Steve Orlando is doing some amazing things. He's got some great artists. Although, whoever the first issue is from, I didn't. It wasn't stand out. But they're bringing in like Harley Quinn and uh, Deathstroke and like you mean the Death Nails. But no, yeah. I'm telling you, Constantine is really good. I'm glad Tinian to hear that. and, and um, Doyle together. It it works really well. I gotta pick that up. Um, again. I skimmed through an issue of Wonder Woman a couple of weeks ago. How was that? I wanted to vomit. So oh, <laughs> shit. Well, the uh, the new they they leaked somebody leaked some Earth One Wonder Woman the Grant Morrison oh god the bondage bondage and everything the vagina jet yeah the vagina jet so I'm really interested to see uh, when that comes out uh, how that it's does the vagina jet Jared <laughs> Grant Morrison decided to take her back to her sexual roots. And made her invisible jet in the shape of a <laughs> vagina. Very George O'Keefe. Yeah. Oh, God. It's uh, like Star Maker's uterus. Uh, <laughs> gentle uterus. So, indie books, though, one I will talk about, and there have been a few really good ones. Uh, Huck from Mark Miller. Didn't read the third issue. We, we, were, we, we sold out. Wait, I didn't get the third issue, though. I got the second one. Oh, no, it wasn't the third one. Yeah, it was the third one. Okay. Anyway, it was really good. If you like Superman as a character, but you don't really love what's going on with him in modern DC or in the movies or anything, you need to read Huck. It is taking the idea of Superman back to its roots, and it's kind of like if Forrest Gump was Superman, kind of, but in a good way. It's not bad. It's just very... Huck is simple. He does what is right and what he, he cares for everybody, and he's getting caught up in all these external machinations that... He doesn't necessarily understand or really care for, and it's 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 beautiful. It's just really fun, and I love it. Says the Hufflepuff. I'm not a I'm a I'm Gryffindor. What are you talking about? Hufflepuff? No, you're straight no, up. You're Hufflepuff. a Hufflepuff. He's just he's good at finding things. Oh yeah, he's, he's really upstanding my office? and yeah. loyal. You see my office? It's a fucking mess. Anyway, so what other good indie books are there? Um, Power Rangers came out. Oh, yep, which was the great. Oh God! It was it was. It was fucking variants. Not even that. It was that book is better than any Power Rangers comic book should be. Um, having said that, it was like Black Friday esque, like chaos at the store because it, it literally hits you square in the nostalgia mm-hmm. um, of your childhood. For you, you would have been in your late twenties. I was a little old for that, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it. It's good. Uh, they updated the era, so like everything looks the same from Zordon to the Zords. Um, their their outfits, everything's the same except they're in the present. Oh, well, okay, that's all right. I'm okay with that. Um, what what else came out? I don't know. It's been a lot. Image has been doing some crazy stuff, uh, but there's just so much. Uh, I've been really enjoying the island or just island. I have Brandon been, Graham. I haven't caught up. Oh. It's just it's a crazy anthology series, but it's got um, King City stuff. King mm. City characters are just mm. great. 
It's got uh, Rios, Emma Rios, doing some great storytelling. It's got artists and writers I've never heard of. Oh, uh, what was the book I met? Oh, crap, I should look this up ahead of time. Uh, the book that's near the register that's like the girl Star Force. Zodiac Star Force. I met the creator, the writer behind that up in D.C. at Big Finish Comics. Oh, your book is very cute. It, yeah, I told him. I was like, I have seen it, and I finally bought it from him, and I read it. And if, if you like Buffy, it has got elements of that, in addition to sort of being a little bit of a magic girl-ish. It, it gives you thing. Buffy comedic sensibility, kind of, with Magic Knight's Rare. Yeah. There oh, okay. You there you go. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's good. Um, um, Nowhere Men is coming back. Oh, I never read that. Was that good? It was very good. And then the last issue came out in 2013. Oh. Um, and now issue seven is coming out Wednesday. Oh. So I'm um, excited about that. Uh, I Hate Fairyland is hilarious. Oh, that oh, is God. a really good book. I absolutely love that book. And they're giving uh, what's her name a, a a new like a nemesis. Yeah, uh, joy. Also, oh, joy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're both these little kids in fairyland, and they've you know the main character has aged, but not physically, just mentally. Mm-hmm. So she's been there like thirty years, and she's drinking, and she's killing everything, and she's just totally she's like diabetic because of all the sugar. And it's just it's great. It's really funny. Um, yeah, no, so in any indie books are really great right now. Uh, the Star Wars books are back in Marvel real quick. The Star Wars books have been really fun. I've enjoyed even the, I didn't think I would, but the uh, Anakin uh, Obi-Wan book was okay. Mm-hmm. It was fun. Um, Image's Deadly Class has been great. Um, Birdio's putting out a new Lucifer series, which is solid. It's not, yeah. it's not bad. It's not great. It's just, it's solid. Twilight Children's about to wrap up. That was... Still don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, it's kind of a nut, <laughs> nutty mess. Um, so yeah, it's great books. Um, we think we'll wrap things up. Anyone else has anything exciting? If you have a question for us, we'd love to have it featured on here. You can message us on Facebook, on our Input. Facebook page. Input. Flame On Show on Facebook. Flame On Podcast on Twitter. Tweet at us. Uh, we love seeing our stuff. Uh, we love seeing tweets at us and responding to those. Uh, any of us have emails at Flame On Show, so feel free to send us email. Uh, our YouTube channel should, in the near future, have some stuff to check out. That'll be really exciting. YouTube channel. I know, right? And then uh, we have a Tumblr, which I check a lot and Wait. don't repost stuff very often. We have a Tumblr? We have a Tumblr. Would you like to take control of the Tumblr? I would love to take control of the Tumblr. Well, you may start seeing more Tumblr. <laughs> Dear Lord, it's just going to be all penis. No, it's not going because it goes to our cartoon penis. All cartoon my likes penis. are penis. That's the thing I've been doing is basically liking porn. But I retumble if it's appropriate because it goes to our Facebook. So you gotta, you well, know, yeah, kind of keep it a little. Penis. I'm now ashamed of both. Of oh what? Oh ever. whatever, Jared. You and I will be the bastions of morality. Oh, I, I have a Tumblr account. I just don't use it. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I will be the bastion of morality. <laughs> but you um, like you heard at the top of the show, we really would love for you to check out Comic Book Bento and uh, Code is Nerdy. And we really would love to have more advertising. So if you have a business or need of uh, getting the word out about, please let us know. And we'd love to help. And uh, definitely check out our advertisers because that is how you keep us thriving and enjoying nice things like delicious pizza and beautiful don't tell them what we spent the money on <laughs> oh jesus sorry. christ what checking out our advertisers what keeps this podcast free as well exactly yeah uh, although if you do like dropping money patreon is also an option 
Club Oral, the legend, will be revealed someday very soon on Patreon. <laughs> so I was young, and I had an active imagination. You still do. I need to find a good, like, porn bed to put underneath it and give it a little boom, chicka boom, chicka boom, chicka boom. Underneath the audio for that. That'd be fantastic. I think so. No, it's I, such an I, innocent story. You know what? I want, I want like so many men, so little time playing in the background. <laughs> like just really low. I wanted to give you that like 70s funk, but still figuring out what the 80s like will be sort of feel. I think we can do that. I would love to hear that. And please, if you like us, listen to us on iTunes. Just write us a review. Give us a rating. Share us with your friends. We'd love for more people to experience the joy that is Flame On. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, like and follow us on SoundCloud, or give us your feedback at nerdyshow.com slash survey. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, including Club Oral, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. Be sure to follow Nerdy Show and Flame On on all your favorite social networks. If it's gay and geeky, we've got you covered. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.